Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. As we know, Pastor Tony and Scott are presently probably still on a plane. They're on to uh, Melbourne as we speak. Um, Pastor Tony has been invited to be one of the keynote speakers um, over with Pastor Peter and Karen in Melbourne. It's um, a new time, a new dawn, a new stretch, part of a new cloak, part of something coming into um, what you maybe you're not necessarily aware of is how many of these have come, th- come through in the past of opportunities to go, but the time has never been right. Why? Because we believe as a leadership, we're here to build and establish the local church. Amen. But as that comes and changes, and as we get stronger, there is something for us to give out and help others. Amen. That's not a case of we're looking to disciple the world with what we think and what we believe. But as we have a message that God is releasing into our hearts, God is saying we need men on the ground. You know that the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are? Okay, so when God finds his man, when God finds his woman, puts his hand on them and releases them, we say bless them. Amen. So if you can remember Pastor Tony in your prayers over this next week, he'll be working in the conference and then from there, Pastor Peter is going to be releasing um, Tony into a bunch of the pioneer works and fellowship churches they've got in Australia. So it'll be a good experience. Different faces, different responses, some friendly, not some friendly. But hey, whatever, he's going, he's taking the word, amen. And just remember Scott, old peg leg. You know, he, um, he twisted his, well, he didn't twist his knee, he dislocated his kneecap only a week ago. And so he's been finding every reason to make sure that he could get on this plane. I think they had everything from phoning the airlines to get me a bigger seat. Can I have a wheelchair? Can I sit on the pastor's knee? Whatever it is, even to yesterday, I don't know if they went through with it, but it was what was planned. Yesterday, I would not be in this position. I would be in Scott's position. I would not be taking Pastor Tony's. And that was to make sure that he didn't get deep vein thrombosis in his leg, Pastor Tony had to administer to him yesterday an injection to make sure that he was going to be fine and going to help the circulation. I would not be Scott. I'd be saying, I'm doing it myself or I'll risk it. So so either way, he's going because it's great. This is, um, Scott gets to see dad in a different environment. He gets to see different things, gets to hear different things, gets to see bigger picture than just the local church. Because we know that God is moving in the dream center, but he's not just moving here. God is moving all over the world, amen. He's touching lives, he's transforming houses. God is on the move. The issue is, are we? Amen, as we follow him. Well, amen, that's the end of that. So if you just remember them in your prayers. Last time I ministered, I ministered to you on the subject of strengthening your spirit, if you remember. And we said that your spirit is like a muscle. And this muscle can be stretched, it can be strengthened, we can help its ability to grow, to pull, to have a greater capacity. Do you remember all of that? We went through a bunch of stuff and we said the only excuse that we ever have for never strengthening our spirit is normally laziness. I'm going to do it. It's like, always like the gym. The diet starts tomorrow and the gym, we have in our gym, there's a big sign on the wall, said the hardest part of your workout is leaving the house. Once you're there, you get on with it, yeah? 
So as we commit ourselves to moving in God, to have him develop us, to change us, to form the Christ inside of us, we have to be willing to allow allow him to take our inner capacity and make it bigger. And sometimes that aches, sometimes it's stretching, sometimes it's comfortable, uncomfortable, sometimes I don't want to do it, sometimes I'm passionate, sometimes I'm not passionate, sometimes I feel like I'm ready, sometimes I feel like I'm not ready. I'm just going to use the gym scenario just for the moment. In our gym, we have different types of people. We have the steak heads. You know what the steak heads are, don't you? They're the real serious guys. They are guys like this. It's like patch. We're like this. They're pumping everything. Everything's going. They're knocking down the protein drink as they go. And they're kind of like showing off, racking everything while having a chat. Then you get the people who've got absolutely everything. Everything's Nike or Adidas. They look brilliant. They're sat just on the bike, rolling, just very gentle, chatting while texting. Yeah? And then you get the in-betweeners. I'm like an in-betweener. So you turn up like you've just been thrown out the back of a car. Your shirt and your vest never match. You've got a hole in your trainers. You're sweating just at the thought of exercising a little bit. But you try and give it your best go. And then you make the fatal mistake. You either train with Z or my Dan. Because if you train with Z, we were there. I just Again, little secret. We thought we'll do what's known as a pyramid set. These are words that sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. And we went through this rack of stuff where we started on whatever it was, 50 kilos, and we just did some arnies, and when we did 70 kilos, a bit more, then we did 90s, and all the time your reps are dropping down, till we got to the very last one, and that's 140 kilos, that's like one and a half of Pastor Tony, and we're just ripping it like this, well, all we've got to do is one rep. So we're giving it everything, and every grunt and groan is coming out. It's like if you ever train with Kev, let me tell you, don't train with Kev. <laughs> he makes more noises, and he's got a banning order from being in the gym, just how much noise he makes. But we just rack this last one, it's like, oh, in that grate. Then Z got on. Brother Z was going, are we not putting any more weight on this thing? And he's just flipping along, and he might as well have been chatting and texting. The whole thing about expanding your spirit is that there are certain areas that are easier for you than others. Because then we did inverted rows. We did a different set of exercises, and Z was good, but maybe he didn't perform as well as some of the other stuff. So in the areas of our spirit... Sometimes it's easier to step into one dynamic. So for somebody, it might be, it almost seems so natural when you step into the, the dynamic of prophecy. Somebody just flows, words come easy, you see pictures. For somebody else, they move in different dynamics. Somebody can't understand how I could sit there in worship and God should give you a picture. Well, it's like I don't even get a black and white nightmare. How do you get a picture? It's how you develop and build your spirit. Amen. But all of us have the ability, we have the grace, and we have the permission to keep on growing. Is that good? We keep on growing in God. Now, remember, we turned around and we read from Ephesians about the height, the width, the depth, uh, the depth of the love of God, wasn't it? How wide, how high, how deep can we go? That's down to you because God places no limits. Is that right? 
God places no limits on your personal capacity. All can. Why don't we teach all to prophesy? That's what Paul says. He didn't say anybody, if you've, men, if you have a beard, fellas, if you're over the age of 45, you're allowed to prophesy. Anybody else can be quiet. No, I have you all to prophesy. We can step into those gifts. And if you remember, we talked about how the Spirit gives us utterance. And we named just a few points. We said, ask the Holy Spirit to give your utterance and practice the vocabulary. I'm not going to go over it again. If you missed the last time, you're going to have to get the CD. Then we turned around and said, hear what you're saying and start to feel your own spirit as you're moving. Spontaneous thoughts start to come into our mind. We express spiritual thoughts in spiritual words. We start to gain a vocabulary. Again, meaning this, I'll make it really simple for us. If God turned around and you were sat here and he gave you a picture of a tree and you stood up and said, okay, this morning God shows me a picture of a tree. Well, great. Well, good's that to me. What is the vocabulary you need? I see a tree. It's a tall tree. It has green leaves. The branches are quite wide. The way you're descriptive in your wording helps everybody else get on the page. So as we get clarity in our spirits and as we start to grow and start to mature in our gifts, we help everybody else make the journey. Amen. You know, I remember once being in church and somebody came up and they said, I have a word. And I was slightly more, let's use the, the word naive in those days, instead of maybe helping somebody along the journey. And somebody got up and said, Lord, show me a picture this morning. Yes, it's a banana. Thank you. And went and sat down. You leave me with God shows us a banana. Great. That's where we need vocabulary. Vocabulary always helps. Amen. We, we, uh, excuse me. we need to be able to shut down thoughts and behavior patterns that violate our spirits. We need to establish the language of tongue, uh, tongues until it becomes a spiritual force in our lives. And we need to develop a healthy mind with breakthrough thinking. Amen. Meaning, what is that? The word breakthrough thinking can mean anything you want it to mean, but it really means this. Stop putting limitations on your life. I can't do it because of this. I broke my fellowship with God there. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I've not been around long enough. Pastor Tony's here. What will he think? Because we always try and measure ourselves to somebody else in the room. Whether we like it or not, it's human behavior. You know, you guys, like, say for instance, we've seen it because I've witnessed it. Sorry, girls, to expose you in this area. But say, for instance, we walk into MPOG. You're in MPOG. We'll hear testimonies. God's moving. They're prophesying. Everything's happened. And then say, for instance, Pastor Tony can walk in the room and everybody shuts up. Why did they shut up? Because you're the boss. And because you're the boss, I now have nothing to say. Did you have something to say when he wasn't in the room? Oh, that's four people, ladies. See, you're staying quiet. Do you have something to say when he's not in the room? Do you have something to say when he's in the room? The only thing you've got to do is deal with your own self, your natural phobias and fears, and get back onto it. Amen? Some, th some areas where you get pushed are good. You know, some things you might find slightly uncomfortable. Like, I didn't think this morning, everybody, whether it's John or Jenny, actually quite uh, liked saying, would you like the mic and say something at the front? Jenny actually said, Claire, I thought you were going to do it. But did Jenny do a good, good, good job? Was she clear? Was she concise? Right, that's the same thing. We all have the same phobias. If I stand up there, either you're going to reject me from the, who I am or reject me for the way that I say things. 
and it's a load of garbage. Do you know what? You're here. We love you. We're going to celebrate you've done it in the first place. Amen. The truth is we might not always be the best expositors and the best people who communicate the best in the world. But you know what? If you can convey your heart and convey the spirit of God, we're going to love you all day. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. I was in a real quandary with myself for the last few days because I keep wanting to turn right and God says he wants to turn left. So for the last few days, I've been arguing with God about turning right. Guess who won? So I'm turning left, okay? So where I want to go, I've got to keep pulling myself in. I've put it deliberately in the sat-nav. So there might be times when I pause, because that is when the Spirit is saying to me, turn round at the first convenient point and go back to where you're supposed to be going. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, I too, having heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, you, give to you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know the hope to which I have calling which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his strength, of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, I know which bit I wanted to go with this morning. But let's go what God's saying. Amen. It speaks in here, this text, it says, the spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of him. We need a greater revelation, understanding, wisdom of the knowledge of him and of them. When I say of them, I'm speaking about the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In understanding them more, I understand me more and where I fit in the body. Does that make sense? Paul was alluding to it this morning when he read from the scripture from Psalms. He turned around and says, each one has his portion. What was the preceding word to us at the end of last year? As we were coming into 2013, each one it's time for you to have a portion. Well, you miserable bunch. It's time for you and I to have our portion. How big is your portion? I tell you, I have been, you know, I've been around church quite a while, don't you? And you know, I've known most of you for quite a while, don't you? So you know that when we say we having a bring a plate, I know how big some of your portions are. Some people turn around and say, I'm feeding a family of four for the next three weeks when you go and fill your plate. And others say, I'm, you know, I'm cutting back, I'm sneaking while sticking a sausage roll in your pocket, hoping that nobody else is looking. We know how things fall. We are there and able to have the ability to have our portion. We have a portion in the spirit. 
It's not just a natural thing that we're laying hold of. God turns around and says, that which I am saying, that which I am declaring, I am going to give you wisdom, revelation, and understanding. Wisdom, revelation, and understanding are all your portion, the my portion and the your portion. We get to move forward in that. We know that we can strengthen our spirits. If this is what we're talking about, having a strengthened spirit this morning, John 16, 13 says this, you don't have to turn to it. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. God has secrets, but he desires to reveal them to you. God has mysteries and he desires to make it plain. For all of you who may be addicted to murder, she wrote, you might be there with all of these little puzzle programs that come along. God says, I will give you the code that can break and crack every mystery. The word I am not looking to close down, the word I am looking to open for you. Why? Because he's given us the spirit. Now, what did we say about the spirit in week one? That if anybody has Jesus Christ as their own personal saviour, has the has the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. Amen. You might not have stepped into the power of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. Let's just get biblical and stretch it just for a little bit, just for a moment. What did Jesus say? Who you see the Spirit descend and remain on is the Son of God. Not just Jesus, but that was what was left for us, the deposit of the Holy Spirit. It's there. We're a mark. It is the seal guaranteeing our inheritance. When the spiritual world looks, he sees a stamp on you. Not a sell-by date, but it's made in. We've got a made in heaven stamp. We've got a kingdom stamp, which is stamped into your spirit. That principalities, powers and whatever, recognize that you belong, you're bought and paid for. Amen. You know, it's wonderful. I mean, I... I was just smiling this morning when uh, Claire had already mentioned how Andy was just celebrating around the table this morning. But, you know, one of the, the things, Paul and I were just chatting. He was getting some water upstairs and we're just chatting. said, the problem is with most of us is that resurrection morning feeling is every day. It shouldn't just be there is one day that I can celebrate, but every morning I wake up, I worship our risen Savior. He is the one who overcame. I'm an overcomer because he overcame. I'm positioned because he is positioned. I'm in line because he's in line. And all of these things which Scripture declares about us, we can move through. But in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 11 to 13, it declares this. For who knows a person's thoughts except their, their, uh, sorry, their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities, um, spirit-taught words. So let's change the context of that, or one of the interpretations. Taking spiritual thoughts and clothing them in words you can understand. God's desire is to make everything plain to us. Revelation and understanding, when God starts to move, is a spirit dynamic. 
Do we understand that? Revelation and understanding are a spirit dynamic and not based on human reasoning or intellect. I have some good news for me first and then for the rest of you. The good news is this. You don't need three GCSEs, grade C, to qualify for the Hearing God course. So for all of us who decided to be underachievers, say amen. Amen. There we go. So I'm not on my own. God turns around and says, by the spirit of wisdom, revelation, I will train you by the spirit. My sheep will hear my My sheep, not selective sheep. It's not who does the best. It's not who looks the sparkliest. It's not who comes and says, look at me this morning. I prayed up before I came. I read before I came. I have a verse I'd like to share with everybody. My sheep will know my voice. Amen. Because it's a spirit dynamic that starts to push through. But even in this whole thing where God wants to reveal to us, you know, because the great thing is this, the scripture declares, doesn't it? It says, I do nothing without first informing my servants, the prophets. God declares in advance and he starts to speak a preceding word that comes out. This is, this is what God's saying and he starts to declare it and he starts to declare it. And it starts to have a residue inside each one of us. It hits us and I say, that's right. You know when the scripture says about Mary when she met Elizabeth, it said when the two came together, the baby leapt in the womb at the sound of a voice. When you're on the same frequency of what God's saying, I might not understand, but something happens in here that goes, that's right. Something, it just makes sense. I don't understand it, but it makes sense, yeah? That is as God starts to develop our spirits and pull us through. But I want to get really practical with you this morning. Is that all right? I'm in a practical kind of mood today. Practical is this. Wisdom, revelation, it may be revealed, but I've still got to do my part. Because what we want to do all the time, and when I say we, let's talk about me. This is what Phil does, and that's, then I'm not putting you on the spot, am I, if I tell you what Phil does. And that is wisdom, revelation, understanding can do, and I always believe it's God's responsibility to work that out. When really, it's my responsibility. The Bible turns around and says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That means I've got to be participating in this, Correct. But if I want fellowship with God, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then I need to do a few things. One, prayer might help. Sorry, this might, this might be one-on-one for some of, you, some of you this morning. If you don't pray and learn to press into where he is, how do you expect him to speak and how do you expect to hear? Reading is always a good option. If I want to know what his word says about a situation, it might be good if I seek his word and not just Google. See, because it, it, Kevin and I, we, we laugh because we live in a digital world. Yeah, because you know that we have like a, an internet-based business. We, we're developers. We're uh, designers. There's all kinds of things we do. And we'll have a saying we bang around the office sometimes. Google will have the answer. But we've kind of figured out that it doesn't have the answer for everything. And Google, I found out more and more, is made up of smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors, just because it's on Google, doesn't make it right. We go, Google said, can we turn to chapter of Google, chapter four? 
Verse 3, Google is not always right. I have to learn to be able to discern, to work things through, to find counsel. What were the four C's that Pastor Tony talked about last week? Let's see if anybody can remember. Consistency. Well, consistently, we remembered. Right. Number one, consistency. Sorry, say again. Clean. Constant. Consistent. Connected. And as we stay connected in those areas, in all of these things, there are safety nets. You know, because God never wants any of us to run off maverick. You know that. That we're a body, we're called together, we're called to build together, we're called to work together. We're called to impart wisdom to each other. Do you remember the whole thing that Pastor Tony said at the end of last year? The Ananias, not Ananias and Sapphira. (laughs) When we turn around and he says, right, well, here it is. We're going to start, sorry. Priscilla and Aquila, there is it, two names in the Bible, pulled them out. You're struggling if you think I'm going to remember your two names next week, I'll tell you. Philip, Tiffany, I'm getting it out of the way now, I've said it, I've said your name's official. You wear a name, wear a tag, my name is, I won't forget. Priscilla's and Aquila's how we start to be able to encourage each other. Everybody can be a Priscilla and Aquila, but everybody needs an Acilla, Acilla. A Priscilla and Aquila, I tell you, I've gone, I've gone, that's it. There are areas where we can strengthen together. Just remember this. What does the Bible say about wisdom? It says, if you hang around the wise, you become... But those who hang around with the foolish become... Another one, I like it. It's not Bible, but it's an old proverb. Lie down with a dog and you get... We come, or we become like those we hang around, amen? So if we're looking to strengthen our spirits, start to find other people around you who's already doing it. What do you do? How much time do you spend in prayer? How does God open the word to you? Start to ask questions and start to build around and shape some stuff. It's no good in the house if three or four people are really good and have got really sensitive spirits, but everybody else is like that. Is that good to anybody? Is it good that all every week all I ever see is David come over and take the mic? Oh, David's our resident. He's the person who hears God and we let him loose. It's for all of us to be able to step into something, amen? We step into new arenas and we move forward. But here's the thing. I'm going to use a word that maybe some would like and some won't, but I don't make any apologies over it. And that is a word of this. I use the term and then I will explain it. Progressive revelation. Progressive revelation is this. Progressive revelation is not stuff that is over and above the canon of Scripture, adding to the Word of God. We don't have that. But progressive revelation is where God reveals himself more and more. And if you look all the way through, even pull back, pull the Scriptures from Isaiah that says, and he builds precept upon precept, line upon line. God reveals the mystery a chapter at a time. All the way up to Christ, he's revealing the picture. That is progressive revelation. The truth is there, but his desires, like uh, we've just read in Ephesians there, that the eyes of our heart might be enlightened, so we may know the hope of his calling. We see the bigger picture. Remember what Pastor Tony said a couple of weeks ago? Is it the dot, or are we looking at the bigger picture? The bigger picture is the more we grow, the more we mature, the more we step in, the more we understand the word, the more the word unfolds to us, progressively we know more. Progressive revelation. There are those who would propagate um, progressive revelation by saying, God is continually adding to the canon of Scripture today. 
That is wrong. He is not adding to what he's already written. But clarity does come. Amen. As we unfold things that come, uh, come through. So, in Luke chapter 24 and verse 45, again, you don't have to turn to this. He said, then he, speaking of Jesus, opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Here's some guys, three and a half years, they've walked, they've walked with Jesus Christ. These are the boys. You have got the three, his best buddies. You've got the 12, all the crew is hanging about. In my mind, I can't help it because you know I'm twisted. You know that. If you know me long enough, you know I've got one of those kind of minds that go over here. And sometimes I see it a bit like Greece, where the T-birds are all, they've all got it together. Jesus is number one, and he's got his posse that follow him around. And these boys are always the guys, who, the disciples, always want to make it look like they've got everything together. Until they walk away and went, what the heck was he talking about? Because when Jesus is speaking, they're all there going, yeah, you better get that, yeah. What? They haven't a clue. They haven't a clue what's going on. So here's the people that spent three and a half years with him. They walk with him. They see the miracles. They even go out and have a go themselves. It turns around and says, and he sends them out in twos. And they came back and they said, we've seen Satan fall like lightning. We've healed the sick. The lame are walking. The blind are seeing. I haven't a clue how I did it, but it's great. (laughs) And they get to the end of all of this, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. He appeared and he went, right, you bunch of numpties. Now let me tell you what the last three and a half years was about. And he opens their hearts, opens their minds so they could actually understand what was going through. If the people who spent three and a half years locked on to him, being sent out by him, hearing every word that he was saying, had no understanding, maybe you and I need a little bit of help. And that's not a bad thing. He starts to help us. He starts to train us. There are things that we cannot take hold of in our natural senses. The spirit man has to be opened. God has to open our eyes. In 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 and 10. Again, you don't have to turn there for speed. It says, what no eye has seen, what no eye here has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things which God has revealed to us by the Spirit. There are things that God wants to reveal to us. If we believe or if we just think that what we are, we're just saved to come to church, to sit here and wait for Jesus to come and whisk us away, we're missing the plot. We're missing the plot. Sometimes, if I'm thinking, I'm in one of those kind of moods, there are some things I'll watch on TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. If it's not match of the day, I'm struggling. Sorry, it's just the way it is. I don't watch that much on TV. But if I'm watching a film, there are some films that we call the no-brainers. Do we all know what a no-brainer is? It doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter if it's an invisible plot. It doesn't matter if a man can jump from there to there. It doesn't matter because it's just a no-brainer. You understand? And then there are other things, films where Ange hates this kind of film. If I choose one, I'm not allowed to choose films in our house, but if I do, if I choose a film, because Ange's an adventure girl. Aren't you, kid? That's why she bought me. 
top shelf. She said, I want a man's man, we want a hero, and eventually we're going somewhere. So Angie's a kind of like, blow them up, shoot them up. Doesn't have to have anything, but the hero wins in the day, and they always get the girl and disappear off into the sunset. Happy ever after. That's the film for Angie. So if you ever buy an Angie DVD, you've got the plot. She doesn't do comedy. That's why, she, for some reason, she doesn't think my jokes are funny. <laughs> but yet, amazing. She doesn't think my jokes are funny. But if I get a film and it's full of plot and intrigue, where you've got, she'll go, I don't know what's going on here. What's going on here, that man over there? I say, Ange, you missed it. You missed it, you see. Ten minutes in, he opened a newspaper on the inside of the newspaper. Down that side, it said, man buried in tree. And you, and you get all the pieces of the puzzle... And at the end, it'll go, ta-da, it was Brian. I'll go, ah, I was with it from beginning to end because it had some depth to it. And when we're around church, we kind of go, let's get the good stuff. We sing a bit, we shout a bit, we dance a bit, we declare a bit, shake our fist at the devil a bit, and we walk out. Then there's other times where God says, okay, sit down and let's follow the plot. And he builds and he elaborates, and he starts to reveal to us by the Spirit. And that's why we need to develop our spirits, not just so that we can move in a gift, but we can understand what he's saying, what he's doing, and how he's moving in our times and seasons. Amen? I'm going to give you things we can know by the Spirit this morning. And again, I keep kicking myself because I want to turn right. And God wants us to turn left. So I'm sticking with the best bit, what he says. Things we can know. We can know things revealed by the Father. Reference for that is Matthew 16, 17. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So there are things that God reveals himself. And again, it's a spirit dynamic. Flesh and blood can't, it doesn't matter how many times I tell you, when there's an area of your spirit which is transferred, if he touches your spirit, you've got it for life. I can talk this morning, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it is. At the end of it, I can guarantee 98% of what I say you would have forgotten by the time I've walked out the door. But the, the bits that you catch and retain belong to you. That is a spirit dynamic. Amen. So the things that we start to grab hold of. And so this was Simon Peter. The spirit touches him. God reveals that this is the Christ. Because this is the story. Who do men say that I am? And they always cover the bases, just like you and me. Some said a good man. Some said a prophet. Some said Elijah. Some said a bus driver on the number seven. Whichever way it is, they kind of cast the seed out Hopefully we'll hit one dimension. But flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven, he saw something and laid hold of it in the Spirit. In Ephesians 3, verses 4 and 5, we see things revealed by the Holy Spirit in proper time. Again, this is why truth and revelation is progressive. It's in its proper time. It says this. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it is now being revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. It had been held back from a generation, but you've walked into something when God's lifted the lid off it. Amen. 
Now, we're in an awesome time. There should be no excuse for the church of Jesus Christ in this generation to get it wrong. We have more revelation, we have more insight, we have more written word, we have more dictionaries, we have more audios, we have more free books at the back, we have more MP3s, free books, make a donation to Jill on the way out. All of this stuff, we shouldn't get it wrong. The thing is for many of us, and when I say many, I'm speaking of Phil, I take my ideas my principles, my concepts, my understanding at this level and set it above the canon of Scripture, which is always dangerous. That is why stay clean, stay clear, stay connected, and the other C, and consistent. If you remember last year, we talked about the three C's that will help everybody. That's four C's. Four, I'll have an extra finger. But these three C's. Do you remember what my three C's were? Context, counsel, common sense. And if you add those three together, you're not going to go awry. Because we find out, God, what is your context of what you're saying? We have counsel as we speak to one another. And I just don't go off maverick. And then we have the common sense. The common sense of, right... You don't throw your brain away. Be transformed by the renewing, not the removal of your mind. Because there's cases that when we become Christians, for all of a sudden, we think our brain, can, we can leave on the bus. We can leave on the bus because it's all right. God makes everything happen. I never have a responsibility. It's always going to be in the great by and by. Something's going to happen. You know, there's so much... And I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I believe that... I just want to make clear for this, once and for all, so we've got it nailed, okay? So you're all in the room. We're all here. Once and for all, we can nail this down. If God says wait, then we... If God has not told you to wait, go and do. Is, is that plain enough? So, for all of us singles in the room... Sorry, already taken. But for all of us who may be single in the room, we might turn around and say, I am going to wait and hope that somebody in the great by and by, God is going to bring somebody along, my knight in shining armor or my wonderful princess through the door. We're going to meet, eyes are going to meet across a crowded room. She's going to see me. I'm going to see her. And it's all going to be great. Can that happen? How many times out of a hundred does that actually happen? <laughs> Fellas, some basic tips. One-on-one -on -one dating. Have a wash. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Yeah. Maybe if you have no sense of clothing or fashion, find a friend who does. Stop defending yourself. And learn that when she walks through the door, you might actually need a wingman. If you're like Moses and I'm a butterer and a stufferer. And you just come across as being the local village idiot. You ain't winning any friends. <laughs> Stay proactive. Don't just wait. Start to move towards it. Yeah?
Now, I could say some things about you ladies, but I don't need to. I'm just saying to the fellas. Some of you ladies, have a shave. Have a... No, no. No, it's just pulling. Just pulling your leg. No. See, the, see, the thing is, it's like this, okay? Um, I only, I only, it was unfair to deal with that issue because people are single for lots of different reasons. But the issue, the issue, the point I'm just trying to make is if I just sit and wait for somebody to sweep me off my feet, it might not happen. And it's not God's fault. Let's move towards it, yeah? You know, if, if I'm sat in my bed sit waiting for somebody to knock on my door, yeah, I've got to get out, got to mingle, make friends, go out. Do different things, yeah? So it's not just going to come to you, but in all areas and our walks with God is we have to be proactive. There's very few things where God just says, sit on your hands and I make it all work. There are areas where God turns around and says, okay, wait, because I'm going to show you this is different. But in the area of growing our spirits, I have to decide, God, I want more of you. I want greater understanding. You've said that I've got a portion with revelation. I can start to move into things. I can start to press. I'm asking different questions. I'm hanging around different people. I'm reading different things. You know, I've decided, God forbid, please, I'm not. It's good for lots of things. It's good. But you can't get by on every day with Jesus. You know, one verse And a prayer is not going to keep you through life. We've got to learn, be diligent in the word, push in, seek his heart. God, what are you saying? A labor in prayer, I push things things through. The scripture that I love and and, uh, week one when we spoke about strengthening your spirit, I use the scripture that Paul says, I kneel before the father of heaven from whom the families of heaven derives its name, heaven and earth. It was two families, one family in two locations, heaven and earth. But a great thing is, is when you start to actually look and you look and you break down, and you look into the, because oh, I'm an anorak at times, I can be. You look at the Greek words and start to see how it's formed. When Paul says, I kneel before the, the father, what do you think that means? You think what I thought it meant. I kneel down to pray before the father. Until you break it down and you look and you break it, you you look at your Hebrew word and your Greek word and look down. I take the position of giving birth to be able to touch these two places together. So heaven connects with earth. I'm birthing something in the spirit. Now, for some of us, that's a great stretch. We've just stretched it, even mentioning that point. But there's a thing about if you're going to read, read the depths. And then, of course, you've got to put that in context the way that things fall out what is God saying that's never taken on its own you build it with other bits also in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12 we can see and understand what's revealed to us what God freely gives us it says this in 1 Corinthians 2 12 what we have received is not of the spirit of this world but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us This morning, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. I don't think it was particular this day at this time, but there we go. It's one of those things. There has to be a time on the calendar where we've got Resurrection Sunday. But yet, there are things that are freely given. Salvation was freely given to you. We are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It doesn't matter how smart I am. It doesn't matter how hard I work. God still moves, and he pours things out to us. Then, the things of the spirit, we get to understand and discern from the things of the natural. 
In 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15, it says this. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject just to to merely human judgments. You've got to forgive me this morning. I have got these crazy new glasses, very smart as they are, but they're their very focal ones. And the lady told me they've got three floors. If I want to look closer, do that. If I want to look in the middle, look that way. And if I want to look far on, I go like that. So if you see me all morning, go like this. <laughs> so when I'm reading, I'm kind of like going in and out of focus continually here. But it's all right. Don't worry about it. So there are things that are discerned by the Spirit. God says, I want to teach you about me. I want to show you who I am. I want to reveal the Father's heart. I want to reveal what Jesus Christ did. I want to show you how you're seated. I want to show you the position of the church. I want to show you how we can lay hold of him. I want to show you how you can have intimacy. I want to show you how you touch me in worship. I want to show you how the, what happens in here on a great day can happen with you on your own sat there with a cup of tea at home. I want to reveal the word to you. I want to open up the canon of scripture. I want to show you how I spoke to Moses. I want to show you what I did with Job. I want to show you what happened with Jonah in the whale. I want to show you how the disciples unfolded. I want to show you how Paul went through what he went through. I want to show you the price of the cross. I want to show you the victory that was won. I want to show you why the enemy was defeated. I want to show you why you're seated with him in heavenly places. I want to show you how you make church work. The spirit of wisdom, revelation, understanding. And God said, that is our portion. But to do that, if I think I can go with my intellect to make it work, we're going to miss it. Because God sets the rules. And when he sets the rules, yes, I need a mind to be able... It helps if I can read. So there are natural things that I need. And guess what? If I don't understand some of the language, buy a decent dictionary. And if you can't buy a decent dictionary, get connected to the internet because the dictionary you're going to buy is on the internet anyway. And we start as he reveals himself to us. But greater, the more I re- um, he reveals to me what the Christ has done, the more my spirit starts to expand. The more I see how God's heart is towards me, he wants to change me. Not only am I adopted, but he gives me the ability to be known as a son. He calls me a son and a daughter of the living God. That Christ's blood still speaks today. It turns around and tells us, doesn't it, that the blood of Abel cries from the ground revenge. But Jesus' blood still speaks. And it says, forgiven, paid for, made whole, made right, right standing with me. You've been bought with a great price. The blood continues to speak. But then as I can move in revelation, wisdom and understanding, I see that also I don't need to carry a bucket of blood and a paintbrush with me. All day, I cover my car with the blood because I'm going out. No, I'm covered. What he did here, I don't need religion and superstition every day to try and make work. The power of the truth of his word is the power of the truth of his word. But what I've got to do is bring myself into a line with what he says, not my personal opinion. And that's the process we come through. Now, just to close, in all of these things, we're allowed to, uh, Philippians 4, 8, we're supposed to think on these things. Romans 8 and verse 5, we're supposed to set our minds on these things. 
And then finally, as our hearts are moved and our spirits are transformed and as we grow and change, we then have vocabulary and the ability to proclaim what he is saying. I don't just need to keep going and buying a book from 150 years ago or buying a book of Wesley's sermons and stand here at the front and say, this is what God said in 1803. What is God saying today? His spirit is still moving. God is declaring, he's getting the revelation. He's saying, this is what I'm bringing back into alignment. See, all the time, like I said, the term that can be used and remember the errors, because these errors in the pendulum swings both ways when we say progressive revelation. Just when somebody says, I believe in progressive revelation, ask them where that pendulum's swinging. Because when it's over here, all of a sudden, like the Book of Mormon, we're adding our own chapters and we're doing some stuff around very dangerous and that's somebody to be greatly avoided. But when we believe that the Spirit is being made known to us, the mystery of Christ is revealing what God did. He tells us from beginning to end we can start to have clarity, progressive revelation. The easiest way to understand it is this. We've got little Ruby now, and we're going with little Ruby. We open a book, and we go, duck, pig. Of course, we have to make all the noises, but we're not going to do those this morning. (laughs) And then we say cow, and then we do colors, red, green, blue, yellow, primary colors. We just point out basics. If I sat there, pulled out a book and said, Ruby, advanced physics, (laughs) how are we getting anywhere? When we come to Christ, God starts with red, blue, duck, God good, devil bad. Yeah, you know, it's truths like that. Yes, no, don't do it, move forward. Deals with us in a very simple manner. But the progressive, progressive revelation of who he is, as we walk with him, the wonderful scripture to finish on this morning, and as Pastor Tony would say, the wheels are down and we have landed is this wonderful scripture from Psalms. It says, The children of Israel knew God's deeds. Moses knew his ways. I can know about God, or God by his spirit can reveal why he does what he does. Because once I know what he does and why he does it, then I know if I'm in or out of alignment. Kevin and I will often chat because we bounce lots of things about about finance, Kevin and I. Lots of things, we shape things and we'll have conversations. We say one of the greatest dangers is this. There is David. David, you've been sat at the front, it's your own fault. He wins the lottery tomorrow and he's got a million quid. So David's got a million pounds, wonderful. But like so many other people, he has no foundation of what to do with it. He didn't know how to budget he doesn't know how to live life. So the first thing, what are you doing? I'm going, I'm having a Lamborghini. And for, I'm buying a box at United for a year. And I'm having two pies. And he goes through and he has all his stuff. Hey, you've got to be a millionaire to buy two pies. I tell you, I've been. So he goes, yeah, you've seen him too. He's a two pie man. So you go through all the process. And at the end... When he looks at his balance sheet, he had nothing left. He doesn't have the ability to recreate and get back to where he was because he didn't have principles in place. He didn't know things. Whereas the person who's been taught to budget, to grow, to invest, 
to be careful, may still spend money in certain areas, but when that's gone, they know how to underpin it and restart the cycle. In your life and in my life, if God touches you in an area of grace and you move into something, wonderful. But I need then to know how to help somebody else step into that grace. So I need vocabulary, wisdom, and understanding. This, we're only touching the very tip of the iceberg this morning. And I hope it makes more sense to you than it did to me. Because I still want to go left. We want to go somewhere else. But this is what I feel that the Lord was uh, saying to us this morning. In this whole expansion of our spirits, wisdom, revelation, and understanding. God said, you can have your portion. But if you walk up and just go, it's a Weight Watchers week. And you take a spoonful, that's great. This is the opportunity when God says, fill your boots. I'm here, I'm speaking. If you can hear, let's make it work. Clarity, let's get it on the ground. Let's help other people come into it. Amen. So come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank you for your patience with me this morning. Father, we just pray. But Lord, as we look at this whole area, Father, of, of seeing our spirit strengthened, but Lord God, Father, you desire to take us deeper and deeper in you. Lord God, Father, as we move in different levels of maturity, Father, I pray that, Lord, in our hearts this year, we will move from the 30, 60 to 100-fold believers. That, Lord God, Father, you will start to touch us with everything that you have. Lord God, hold nothing back from us, Lord God. But, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name. Give us, Lord God, vocabulary. Lord God, as we step in covering, help us to help one another. That, Lord God, I pray that there'll be a generous spirit in our own spirits, Lord God, as we share and we build. That, Lord God, Father, we will not try and climb some kind of invisible spiritual ladder at the expense of somebody else. But my God, I pray this morning, cause us to grow, cause us to lay hold of you, cause us to know Christ greater next year, Lord God, than we knew him this. Lord God, let the revelation of your spirit come. But Lord God, I pray this morning, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We need that clarity in the spirit this morning. Fathers, we want to lay hold of you. We want to press into you. We want to go higher and higher and deeper. Lord, let there be no measurement, Lord God, Father, of where we can touch you in the Holy Ghost. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcentre.co.uk.